Straight from the Straight Red Plex. You are listening to Straight Red. I'm your host, Jeff Ross, and with me, as always, a man who took part in the great American institution that is known as democracy today and voted, in his words, for the only person worthy of being the President of the United States, a dog, Alex S. Kibble. <laughs> Alex, they let you vote for a dog? I mean, I, he was running as an independent, so yes. I, I, I'm not a registered to a party, so I, yes, was, I, I was excluded from much of the festivities today in New York State. Um, but the dog, the dog, you know, he got my vote. He has a plan for America. <laughs> Hashtag plan for America. Hashtag <laughs> make America dog again. There we uh, <laughs> go. I was waiting for something uh-huh. that topical, would... topical, gingers, topical, and dog related, and dog related. Make it's not America Friday though. Dog. Well, very good. Make America dog related. Uh, I also appreciate both for me and you that the dog does not have a name. No. Who cares? Listen, it's about what the dog is. It's about a symbol. It's about the symbol that the dog stands for. There it is. <laughs> There it it's, is. It's, it's bigger than one simple single dog, Jeff. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This yeah, is serious I, business I, we're talking about. I didn't vote for dog. <laughs> You're letting the team down. That's because I absentee voted. I didn't do it today. I did it weeks ago. Congratulations. Thank you for doing your civic duty. Someone has to. Are you even? Are you registered? In New York, or yes, I can I can vote in the general election in, in New York. Yes, some sort of uh, hovel in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, do yeah. they have elections? They do. Um, typically, it's a guy who walks around with like an empty jug of moonshine, and you all just write. You make your mark. Half the people can't write, so you make your mark <laughs> on a piece Wait. of paper. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> people can't write not even a reading issue they can't even write so that you make your mark oh, oh you goodness. know that used well, they, to be a thing actually like obviously I'm, I'm making a joke frank kibler don't get mad at me also happy 59th birthday to frank kibler by the way happy 59th rattlesnake um, frank you made it um but when you couldn't write like you you had like a mark like you had like a, a doodle it's i read. guess Alex, it's you couldn't read. Well, right, but uh, well, I guess not, you not you couldn't write. Your hand works, I guess. But what I'm if saying you is, a bark that means you can write. Well, that's a fair point, I guess. Sake, Alex. <laughs> anyway, if you can't read or write the English language, you would have like a mark that you would make, like you'd make yourself a doodle that represented you. Which I wish we had that still. We do still have that. That's called You're the average not- signature. No, no, no. We we do still have that. Have you ever read any of these things closely, like your tax documents? No. <laughs> All right. No. I'm, I'm just gonna let that one hang. Okay. I'm just gonna let it hang, <laughs> and we're gonna move on. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness, Alex. Yeah. I was sick this past week. Why? I was in California. I don't know. Too many oh, bad you were choices. actually sick. I thought you were making like a, I was sick to my stomach because of X. But no, you were oh, actually no. sick. I, I could have a hot take like that. You no. could. Uh, I was legit sick. I had a 102 degree fever. But the good news is I saw quite a few MLS games. Mm. While I was pretty sure my brain was trying to claw out of my skull. Mm-hmm. 
How do those go? The the brain climb? No, the I games. Won. Well, let's focus on the victory I had. I won. All right. That's the most important. You dominated part. over the victory. But you know, an interesting result happened, I though. You dominated over the victory? You dominated over the disease, is what I meant to say. Uh, Orlando 2, Jeff. Mm-hmm. New England Revolution 2. Huh. How about that result? <laughs> if you're a oh, fan. Was, this... there, was there an issue? Oh, Lord. Well, here's the thing. I th- what's funny about it is I think the result was probably fair, to be Uh-oh. totally honest. Um, the method at which we arrived at the result, uh, not, not, not so much. Um, this, let me say this before we get into any of the controversies around the, the, um, the refereeing, because there definitely is controversy there. This is probably the most exciting game to watch in the weekend. It was end to end. Both teams were actually playing pretty attractive, creative soccer. It was actually a lot of fun to watch this match. You know, and it wasn't really... Yeah, you had a a somewhat controversial penalty decision, although upon replay, if you look close enough, it wasn't controversial. It was clearly a penalty. It was a good call. At the time, I think um, Taylor Twellman called it as a dive, but I don't think it was a dive. I think it was a good call. Um, But... (laughs) it's sort of when you got to the end there that it got a little weird, Jeff. Would you say (laughs) controversial? Slightly controversial, yes. Was it confusing? (laughs) Very. It was very, very confusing. You know, it's... Well, a handball was called. Yes, against Carrasco, Servano Carrasco. Um... Which very late it was and i honestly if i remember correctly this was the penalty that was taken this weekend that it wasn't originally given as a penalty it was given as a free kick outside the box and it took a second for them to realize it was supposed to be a penalty but the problem was it wasn't a handball it was on his shoulder it was ridiculous i don't know uh, so for those of you who didn't watch the game first of all shame mm-hmm. on you Please, Gingers, please. But for those of you who did, you know exactly what we're talking about. In stoppage time, Orlando had a goal. Let's start there. Right? So they, they did have a goal, which would have been a winning goal, uh, right at the death in front of 36,000 faithful in the Citrus Bowl. Then there's this phantom handball that's called. The penalty, the penalty gets called. And of course, Lee Wynn converts that, and everybody walks away with one point. No one's happy because I don't think New England liked that this thing was at two one at that point. Right. With. Well, my thing is though too. We can't forget In fact, they didn't like that Kaká penalty at the beginning of the game. No, although I think that was a good call. But I, I let's not forget here though that Kevin Molino basically smacked the ball into his path to score the, the what at that point would have been the game-winning goal when they went up 2-1. So, I mean, this was poorly refereed all the way around. You know, Alexi Lawless on Twitter brought up the concept of, does this really reignite the concept of, you know, are there such things as makeup calls in MLS? Um, I feel that it's done. I feel I, it I is, don't too. Think, I don't necessarily I don't think, think this is an example the, of that. Yeah, I don't think it is either. I think that it is done not only in MLS but in leagues across the, the, the globe. But I don't believe that's what we saw here. I believe this was a mistake. I believe it was just a mistake. But it also points towards something that I've been advocating for so, from for some time, and you have as well, is 
instant replay. There's a solution here for yeah. this, folks. There's a solution for it. And <laughs> There's in- a solution. It's instant replay. It's the problem replay. is Baldomero Toledo. <laughs> right. But we have a solution. Well, what you could do, I understand you don't want to have to do instant replay on every call. There's, I think, two types of calls that instant replay or some replay official someplace needs to take a look at it is penalty kicks and red cards. I would also throw, you know, it depends on, well, sure. I I think that's a great place to start. Also, I'd be fine if it was only penalty kicks, Mm -hmm. frankly. Or you could go to the NFL model and you could do the coaching thing and you've got, and I, I think this may prevent people from doing this at all, but you could have three opportunities to do this, to make a challenge, if you will, as a manager of a team. And if you're wrong, you're going to lose a sub. It's pretty steep. Wow, that is steep. steep. And if you don't have them, you can't make any challenges. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, Because I'm trying to prevent stoppages. Right. Game. That's smart. Any any sort of replay is going to take a long time. Uh, This way, you know, coaches and managers, you're not going to just do this just to harass people or waste time. It's like there's got to be a way. Um, The counter, of course, is if you have no subs – but there's some issue, you have no recourse, and I don't have a solution for that. It's also worth mentioning, you know, the other type of call that you typically hear sort of talked about with video replay is is goal line calls. We have the technology for that. Uh, it's currently being employed in most of the leagues in the world. MLS is not one of those leagues currently. Um, I, I'm all for, you know, it's funny because every time this argument comes up, um, there are certain people, and I have to say, I've counted it in the past. I've counted myself amongst them. There's people who say, yeah, but it's going to ruin the purity of the game and all those other kind of things. You heard that when baseball brought an instant replay. You, mm-hmm. you heard it when football, American football, brought an instant replay. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You get the right call now. Yeah. You don't hear many people after the fact making that same Oh, yeah. Up. Now it's just standard. It's what we do. Yeah. You hear about it all the time before it's implemented that this is going to take some some purity away. But after it's done, it's like, well, there it is. There's the instant replay. And it, it also will eliminate these after the fact, hemming and hawing, was this or was this not the thing that we say it was. If we could just look at it, or I should, I should say, if the refs on the field had that opportunity to look at it, that would be helpful. Yeah. That would be very, very helpful. What I don't want to see, soccer such a free-flowing game, is where we're doing this on every foul, every free kick, every – and frankly, not, I don't even want it for every yellow card because at some point we just have to say like this is the decision and if you want, if you want to fight it, you can, you can fight this after the game. We're yeah. not doing this right now. Uh, but the reason I go with red cards and uh, PKs is because that so changes – the outlook of the game Mm -hmm. Uh, pks are not automatic anymore they used to be like automatic goals but goalkeepers have gotten better or perhaps strikers have gotten worse i don't know Uh, (laughs) but more of these are getting saved than they used to or at least that appears to be the case Uh, that being said it's still like 90 percent chance that this is going to be a goal if you get a penalty kick that in in such a low scoring game that soccer is you you have to make sure those are correct Mm -hmm. Those, those cannot be 
incorrect calls. And the red card thing, yeah, actually a team with down 10 men can still win a game, uh, but the odds are now stacked against them. And the further that goes down, the worse uh, it would be. Plus, it makes all of our hashtag on brands really good. Yeah, big talking points. Big talking Let's points. move on here quickly. Uh, quickly. FC Dallas, Dos, Sporting Kansas City, Uno. This was a good match. It was a fun match to watch. It, it was one of those matches where, you know, in the first 20 minutes or so, it really looked like SKC were like, you know. Oh, they looked very strong. All over. And I was like, wow, this, this SKC, they're on, they're road warriors. And it sort of culminated with that Olam goal. But I think then Dallas remembered, oh, hey, wait, we're fashioning all these guys. <laughs> and they started playing the ball into space. They started exploring the back line. And they do that thing that Dallas does. And they just run around you. It, it's it's unbelievable to watch. I, I legitimately think there's not a lot of teams in the world that at least wouldn't have a headache playing FC Dallas. They're it, fast. They're so fast. They're very, very fast. And they're pretty good with the ball at their feet, too. Pretty good. Um, but they're still very young. And we've seen this. We saw this all last season. I think we're going to see this all this season as well. It burns them sometimes. No pun intended. It burns them sometimes. It burns them that they don't really play. have a sense of possession. That they, they feel like they can't really con- boss the game. Th- their chances always come from sort of these breakaways and these sort of, I'm just going to make an athletic play and beat the man in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they did very well. They got yeah. a win. Mm-hmm. And they also got a win uh, in midweek. You look up, they're at the top of the standings, yeah. You know, what's incredible about this to me, too, is you're doing all this, and you're still not getting a ton of production out of Tesho Akindeli. If, if, you, if all of a sudden you unlock, you know, because Maxi Rudia up top is playing really well. He's played well all season. If you get Tesho playing well, and, you know, you have Castillo and Barrios on the wings, holy lord. Holy Lord, that's the best kind of Lord. Uh, indeed, that's the only kind, according to some people. Um, so for me, I, I think, you know, if you're SKC, don't get down on yourself. Playing Dallas is always a tough thing. Um, you outshot them. You had more shots on target than they did. And for parts of the game, you really bossed the game. I, I don't think you need to You need to say, oh, we can't beat Dallas. You can beat Dallas. If, if you were playing this game okay. in, in Kansas City, you would beat Dallas probably. Um Dallas is tough. They're going to be a very difficult opponent, but there is—they are not—they uh, are not bulletproof. So just keep that in mind, everyone who plays them. Alex, you and I used to have a shared uh, former coworker named Lord, and I was going to make a joke about it, but it, I felt it was too inside baseball. No one would understand. No, they wouldn't. Why would you they say also, that now? Well, I'm saying it now because I feel like you would still appreciate it. I didn't make the joke; just that the joke could have existed. But you know what is a joke? You're a New York City football club, Alex. <laughs> There's nothing like, you know, I'm glad, for one, that we've returned to our rightful place in the league. And that place is making other teams feel better about their attack. Um, you really helped out Columbus. Columbus Crew 3, New York City FC 2. Jeff? Yeah. You know, here's the thing. City, and I say this every week, they didn't look bad for parts of this game. They looked okay. You know, and, and and you can see where it shows up, but I certainly felt better about this defense going into this game than now. <laughs> Let me say that. Of Congratulations course. to Hashtag New Crew on getting their first win of the season at home, nonetheless. Not bad. It, very well done. I, I also think, you know, hopefully Kamara scoring 
gets you the sense that maybe he'll finally start to loosen up a little bit because I feel like he's he's taking literally every shot that he looks at right now and it's not helping the team out a ton. Ethan Finley's being selfless, but not a lot of other players on that team are right now. Um, so I think I think right now Columbus is still in a good place. You just need Kamara to start converting even a smaller percentage more than what he currently is, and you're going to be winning all kinds of games. You know, we started the season NYCFC beating Chicago, but we haven't had three points since then. Uh, no wins, two losses, three draws. Um, we're still getting points. We're still above the red line, as hilarious that is. That is. Welcome to the East. Uh, welcome to the East, baby. Um, but... And, and going to Columbus is never an easy ask, you know. And no, we do not. have some more away games coming up soon. But I don't think that you need to be super down on yourself if you're an NYCFC fan. I think, though, that right now what you're seeing is, you know, Patrick Vieira decided that he thinks that the best way he can get used to the, excuse me, get the most out of this sort of cobbled together backline is to play a high line at the back. And I'm not entirely sure that that's working right about now. New York City FC, six games, six points. In the ancient year of 2015, New York City FC, six games, six points. (laughs) Now, the reason I bring this up, Gingers, isn't actually to get on Alex Kibler's case, or for that matter, NYCFC fans' case. I think it's actually a great team to support. You can write that down, Alex. I have an issue with the front office firing Jason Kreiss after one season. I think that was a rash decision. What they did by doing that is say to everyone, we think he was ill-suited for this and he can, we can get a better coach immediately. Mm-hmm. So my thought is Patrick Vieira's team should be doing better. Right now they're not. I agree with you. Nope. It is early. And as I'm sure you're about to point out, uh, New York City FC went on a losing streak uh, for quite some time. The next seven uh, after games this after this, they took two points. <laughs> so, but if they only take two points or fewer, the next seven games, you'll continue to hear about it from me. Because uh, I, I just I I have a lot of concerns with how City Football Group is choosing to run. Me too. I think NYCFC is a better team than they were this time last year, but I also think that the East is better as a conference than the, they were this time last year. So I think, I think it's sort of a combination for both. Um, I, I I think that there's still going to be a lot of points that you're going to get if you're an NYCFC fan, but you're certainly not feeling comfortable about making the playoffs right now. Let's put it that way. Um, Houston won, LA Galaxy, Quattro on the road! On the road. Jeff! On the road, man. I can you believe you know, they it? They said it. They said it couldn't be done. <laughs> I've always rated this very highly. I'm, I'm surprised anyone would have doubted LA Galaxy's road form. Uh, Just a minor bump in the road called the last three. <laughs> oh my god! They can't play outside of the stuff. I'm sorry, but for some reason. They did this time. They forgot that this time, yeah. They forgot it. Two from young Mr. Two Saints, Giovanni Dos Santos, who I've always rated highly. (laughs) Oh, sure. Uh Uh-huh. Always played great. Yeah, Uh, never a doubt. Steven Gerrard, our Uh captain, of course, looked great out there. (laughs) Surprised there's been any sort of... Malcontent, yeah. No, I thought this was going to be a massacre. (laughs) 
but it yeah. ended up going in the other direction. So congratulations. Good job, guys. <laughs> the Los Angeles Galaxy. You got uh, good performance. started with a Houston goal within the first minute. Yeah. So it was looking real bad real early. Yeah. But uh, I think I think Gio and I think that midfield trio of Gio Dos Santos, Steven Gerrard, and Hasidic took over this match once that goal went in. They said, okay, let's chill out for a second. <laughs> Don't freak out. And I thought you saw interplay out of these teams, that those three players that you haven't seen all season. Very true. Well, one is because a lot of those guys have not even played. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that helps, season. yeah. Uh, they look better than they did it all last season. I'll give them that. Uh, and it looks like Nigel de Young, at least for now, his suspension not harming them all that much. This does raise a question, though, I think, about the Houston Dynamo. That's a lot of goals to give up at home. It Quite is. And I know Houston's capable of <coughs> excuse me, of scoring goals. Uh, they've scored, let's see, they've scored 13 so far this season, so it's not like they can't do it. But uh, this this defense... It's going to need some work, especially at home. Bottom of the Western Conference right now. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect it. And I know it's early going, and I'm not trying to push anybody out the door. But are these results acceptable with what I assume is a high-salaried Owen Coyle managing this team? No. Not remotely. I th- I don't think the the 13 goals forced is the talking point here. I think it's the 13 goals allowed that's the talking point yeah. here. You're going to be able to score against anybody, but if you're going to play in the West, you can't you cannot go about giving up three goals to what right now look like the listless, excuse me, four goals against the listless New York Red Bulls. You cannot give up four goals against the Galaxy who don't score on the road. You yeah. you can't give up you know again three goals against New England you you can't these types of performances are not where you need to be if you really realistically want to contend in the West and if you're the Houston Dynamo organization these I mean you've got a still a fairly new stadium but you do still struggle with attendance sometimes there in Houston. Uh, you've spent some big money. You spent money on Kubo Torres, who has not really panned out, but he's there. Uh, you need to get something really going here. And you're at the bottom right now of a Western Conference, and you're below three underperforming teams, uh, Portland, Seattle, Vancouver. Yeah. Portland doing better recently, but you, Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver, who are all underperforming. You're below that. And I think you also have to keep in mind this one thing. You have to do what every sports team in the history of sports needs to do. you got to win at home. You have, you have to yeah. win when you're in your own building. Right now, they're 1-1-2 one, one, and two in their own building. They've taken two points, excuse me, four points from, from four matches. You need to make your home a fortress when you play the offensive brand of football that, that uh, Houston Dynamo play. You just need to get better possession. Everyone else in your conference is getting better points per game from their home field than you are. Everyone else. That's a problem. Yeah. That is a major problem. Uh, Before we move on, uh, I did want to quickly mention uh, the DC United-Toronto FC game where Toronto won only because Toronto is still on this huge away run. They're looking pretty strong away from home. That makes them, to me, a scary proposition in the East. 
They've got eight points from six matches. They got two more to go uh, away, and then they're going to have a huge home stretch in a which has been expanded, but the roof is coming up over BMO Field in the largest soccer-specific stadium in North America. People are kind of sleeping on Toronto right now because the points aren't there, but this is a great run they're making. And it makes me wonder if this is a sleeping giant major Eastern Conference contender right now. Yeah, I just – they didn't boss this game, uh, but I, I do I do think hey, that getting that result is win. what – Yeah, exactly. I agree. I, I, think, I think sometimes we focus and a lot of talking heads focus too much on – you know, how do they play? Yeah, what is the result? But I understand the result, but how do they play? Who gives a shit how you played? In a way, you know? I mean, just like, who cares? At some point, there's no pictures on the scorecard, as my grandfather used to say in, in golf, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of what, what, what are you bringing home points-wise at the end of the day? That's, that's the question. Very, very good question. And they are fourth in the Eastern Conference right now. Eight points. Not a single game at home. I, if I was a Toronto supporter, I'd be encouraged. Because playing this long, oh, yeah. this far away. You just hope you're not in the cellar at this point. Really. Yeah. Is what it comes down to. Just quickly go over some other scores this weekend. Chicago 1, Montreal <coughs> Impact 2. Montreal continuing their decent run of form to start the season. A couple losses in there, but four wins already, which is pretty impressive for this team. Yeah, they look pretty good. Including a wins <coughs> over the defending champion Columbus Crew, over the Red Bulls, the Supporter Shield standings, and at Vancouver Whitecaps to open the season. Looking really, really solid. Um, you get that type of results, you're you're basically a shoe in for the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. They're at the top of the table, and I don't know who's coming for them. Yeah, me neither. Colorado two, New York Red Bulls <coughs> one. Uh, boy, I feel like every week we talk about what about the Red Bulls, man? Still at the bottom of the table by two points. Uh, they're the Aston Villa of. Uh, Ooh, don't the, say that. <laughs> that's mean. Rest in peace. <laughs> That's I tell you what I'm I'm genuinely sad that Aston Villa got relegated. You know it's been a long time coming. They're one of it the has. few teams that have never been relegated from the Premier League until this season. Um, they so deserve it. They do deserve it. It's terrible. Uh, meanwhile, my beloved Newcastle United has taken four points from two games, and all of a sudden the Great Escape might be on. Anyway, sorry. Um, this ain't a Premier League podcast. New York Red Bulls. That's disappointing. But let me like, also say this: that. I think you've got to be pleasantly surprised with how well Colorado's been playing. They already have four wins. Uh, including wins over SKC and Toronto, your beloved Toronto and your beloved LA Galaxy. I, I think, you know, this I'm is shocked. This is a this is a this is a prime example of hang around in games, get a result that might not always be pretty. But I think they're actually playing a lot more attractive soccer than anyone is going to expect them to play this season. Colorado is shocking me mm-hmm. right now. Uh, this is a team that I had on my list of like head coaches to get fired. Looks like Pablo, if he can keep this up, is going to keep his job. And Jermaine Jones, congratulations to you for coming out of your suspension and immediately scoring a goal. Man loves it when it snows. Let me tell you, he did very, very well. Uh, fun fact, Gingers, if the Colorado Rapids were an Eastern Conference team, they'd be top of the East. Uh, I mean, hashtag MLS? Fair. Fair. <laughs> I just don't know. I just don't know what you want me to say there. Real Salt Lake won. <laughs> Vancouver Whitecaps now. Hey, Jeff. If you yes. Were to, pop quiz. Yes. What team in the MLS has the most points earned per game? 
Well, I'll tell you, it's not Vancouver. No. <laughs> Try it's again. It's RSL. Bro, it's, what? Lost. I can't believe it. This is another I'm a team I'm shocked by right now. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked by several teams. This is one of them. Vancouver only having two wins in their first seven matches is also surprising to me. Um, you know, I, RSL, you know, Jason Hayward's hated RSL. Uh, sorry, that's a little Twitter insider joke. Um, RSL right now is doing what you need to do in the West. You need to win your games at home. Win your games at home. Used to, it was Fortress, Riot. The Riot was a fortress. You, right, you know, you, you've gotten draws on the road and a win on the road, but you've won all three of your home matches. That's what you have to do in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, so kudos to you guys. That's really awesome stuff. Uh, Seattle, Dos Philadelphia Union, Uno. You know who got off the mark this weekend? We're going to cover a little bit more here in a minute. Young Master Morris, Jordan Morris, got his first professional goal for Seattle Sounders. It was a very Jordan Morris goal. (laughs) What does that even mean? Uh, Meaning he split the defenders with pace. I know what it means. Decent first touch, tucked the ball past the keeper. He hasn't scored a goal in MLS, so he hasn't made a brand yet. That's a fair point. This is the brand now, though. Uh, Also, let's not forget, Seattle Sounders... A golden boot leader, Chad Marshall, scored again. <laughs> Congratulations, Chad Marshall. Uh, you know, after the abysmal start to the season that Seattle had, all of a sudden you've taken seven points from three games, and the world looks a little bit more rosy for you right about now. Also looking rosier in the Rose City. It is. Portland 3, San Jose, Im- uh, San Jose Impact. San Jose Earthquakes 1, pardon me. Um, Portland, I... <laughs> I genuinely have a hard time putting my finger on the Portland Timbers. It's tough because uh, they're s- several thousand miles away, but it's more tough because you can juxtapose three-one against a pretty good San Jose Earthquakes team, and then losing four-one against Orlando in the span of less than a month. I just will the real Portland Timbers please stand up? Did I would you love just make an Eminem. Reference? I did. I would love to sort of get within the mind of some of those players right now. I think they, they're starting to develop the confidence, which is good, but they're still... They don't score a ton of goals. They don't. They, they don't, but Fernando Adi somehow always does. It's a very weird thing where he does well, but the team itself is not scoring an incredible amount of goals. The thing that's really been hurting Portland is their defense, uh, especially yeah. ever since Liam Ridgewell got injured. Haven't really found a great replacement for him. They held on here. They held on, and they look pretty good. They look pretty good. Obviously, they're still a, they, they dug themselves quite the hole. There's, there's a lot of work still to do here. Uh, they've yet to grab a win away from home, for example. Mm-hmm. That, would help, uh, that would help them a lot. But they're looking better. Little hope there. Something to believe in if you're a Timber supporter. I still think this is a playoff team. Um, but it is kind of tough to see them as an MLS Cup team. That being said, they were tough to see as an MLS Cup team last year. Right, exactly. They won it anyway. To repeat, you just need to get into the playoffs. You need to get in the playoffs, and to repeat, you need to get hot at the right time, which is what you saw from Portland last season. Very, uh, but that here's the thing. No matter who you are, if you get hot at the right time, you can win this league. That's just how it works. Um, I mentioned just a moment ago the, the Jordan Morris goal. Congratulations, Jordan Morris. You know who else scored this weekend? His first goal. 
in the Bundesliga. <sighs> Young Christian Pulisic. That's how he says it. That's how I say it. Scored his first Bundesliga goal, which means he now has one more than Taylor Twelman mm-hmm. and uh, Landon Donovan combined. Not Jeff, bad. your thoughts. And he's, what, 17? 17. 17. We joke, but he legitimately now, I think, is a... You pencil him in in every BVB lineup. He, he's a starter for Dortmund right now at 17. For right now. But still, that's fantastic. That's like saying, oh, you're a starter for uh, Manchester United at 17. Uh, you're a starter for Real Madrid. Like th- th- This is a great team. Yes, they're not Bayern Munich, but who cares? Like who else are you going to put at, at, as a number two team in Bundesliga? Or arguably sometimes, frankly, the number one team in the Bundesliga. Yeah, uh, I, certainly Bayern has its, its own sort of preferred place within the, the German Football Association's sort of system. But here's the thing. BVB has a fanatical fan base. They're traditionally uh-huh. the second most successful team in the Bundesliga. And a young American player who's not just scoring goals, but he's playing good technically. He's playing well technically. I think that that says a lot about the state of the American game, and I think it's going to give a bigger chance to young American talent if and when that talent chooses to travel abroad than you may have gotten even just a few years ago. Very true. And as you know, Gingers and Alex, I always want to see more Americans play in the Bundesliga because I think we do well there. And we're seeing that. When Americans are getting minutes, we, I, I, I know this is not Bobby Wood time this week, but Bobby Wood's doing pretty well for he's himself. He's on a tear. Obviously, he's he's a I crazy know he's in person. He's too, uh, which I think is only temporary. I think he'll yeah. Be he's going to get sold. He's he's uh, playing too well, and they paid too little for him. Uh, yeah. He's he's going to get picked up by somebody. Oh, absolutely! Someone's going to drop a ton of cash to make that happen but i i just think that's a very good league for americans to target i do understand that there's more to it than that a lot of it has to do uh with work permits which are more difficult for americans to get uh unless you happen to have some sort of eu heritage which Pulisic does so that does help him but alex he's got to be in the u.s men's national team set up right mm-hmm this I, I is think, all the makings of, of a Jurgen Klinsmann special. He's very young, which helps, and he's playing in Europe. And for a real club. Yes. This, this club's huge. I think I think you're in a point now where even maybe maybe sort of in the lull right after the World Cup, I think there was a lot of doom and gloom around where's you know, where's the youth gonna come from? I think that question's been answered. I think all of a sudden there's a ton of exciting young talent with the Morrises and the Woods and the Pulisics of the world out there right now that even just recently were not really in the conversation. No. But all of a sudden, you know, these these guys are getting real minutes at real clubs they, and they, doing real work. They really are. And I do believe we're about to see actually a lot of production out of Jordan Morris it was it was a first goal issue. I think he so too. He hadn't scored that first one. Now mentally, you can say like, "Oh, I'm capable. I can do this now," um, and know what it feels like. You get the whole stadium chanting your name. I, th- I think we're going to see more from him as well. Uh, I think it was a good one. But congratulations to Pulisic. Congratulations, and hope to see a lot more. And now that you can get uh, the Bundesliga on Fox Sports One, you can actually watch it. Sometimes it's on Fox Sports Two, uh, and then that makes life more difficult for me. Jerks. Can you 
believe it. <laughs> but let's talk about something else that was shocking to me. Yeah. FC Cincinnati. Bro, what? That was my response. Their first game, they got 14,000 plus. This is their first game ever. And for those gingers who are not uh, following this closely, uh, FC Cincinnati is a new team in the USL. That's the third tier. Correct. In the United States. 14,000. Uh-huh. That's a phenomenal amount of people really to get for third tier professional soccer in the United States. And then second game, Alex, <laughs> they get 20,000 people in the US in a USL match, Jeff, a USL match in Cincinnati. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Cincinnati is a great sports town. It is. You know, just per capita, that 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 town can really pack in a professional sports franchise. The, the Bengals have always been decently well attended, despite the fact that for a lot of their, their existence, they're just a train wreck. Um, Cincinnati Reds are also decently well attended, especially in up years, despite the fact that, once again, it's not that big of a metro area. Cincinnati can support a professional soccer team, no doubt. No doubt. Um, you know, this leads us, though, into a bigger question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you sort of go through sort of where we currently stand, but there's been some comments recently out of the commissioner's office in MLS that we're planning now for, before too terribly long, expansion to 28 teams mm-hmm. in Major League Soccer. Um, that's a lot. It's a lot of teams. Now we have, j- just to bring everyone up to speed, you have the, cur- the teams that are currently p- competing this season, those 20 teams, plus four that we can more or less assume are already locked and loaded, ready to go. LAFC, mm-hmm. Atlanta United, mm-hmm. Minnesota United, mm-hmm. and... Uh, pending name change. Pending yes. name change. And then the sort of proverbial, you know, <laughs> uh, prodigal son of the Miami team, the David Beckham franchise. Yes. Uh, it, it looks like that's happening. It does. Those those teams are locked and loaded. They're basically guaranteed a shot at this 28-piece pie. Now, for you gingers who've been listening to Straight Red for quite some time, you'll know that both Alex and I have been lobbying hard for Sacramento to get a team. Yes, they deserve it. They have a they have a lower league team in USL, also third tier. Uh, until very recently, they had the attendance record for USL. Uh, some upstart in Cincinnati took that away from them, but they had that. It's very well supported. They're, they've won things there, and they've been very vocal uh, that they want to go to MLS. So Don Garber was there in Sacramento. Uh, to talk to the various dignitaries there and sort out uh, and figure out, are, are, are these people ready to go? Are they ready to do it? And in sort of a weird Don Garbery way, he says, like, oh, we expect an announcement in 12 months. What type of announcement? He didn't say. Doesn't, yeah. <laughs> which she often does not. And then he very casually mentions this thing about how the league would actually like to go to a total of 28 franchises. And here are the cities that he mentions, and this is Keep in mind, Gingers, in addition to Sacramento, who are in the running and they're having discussions with. All right. So keep in mind, Sacramento's on that list. So that's one. You're going to count these off, considering we only have probably four slots available. Yeah, at most four slots. At most. I'd be shocked if Sacramento doesn't get one of these. Yeah, I'm too. shocked, but I'm going to count it anyway. So we got Sacramento, San Diego, Detroit, St. Louis, San Antonio, 
and Austin, Texas. And I'm going to throw Cincinnati, Ohio in there. Well, it's not on his list. All but that means on functionally is that they we're haven't gonna... made their intentions known yet, but that can change. Gingers, that's seven teams for four slots. So someone's going home in tears. Yeah. But who is going to be smiling? I think this – we're now getting to the point. If, if we're having serious really, discussions – Really, we should go to 32, but that's a – well, if we're having serious discussions about 28 teams, why not 32? And then if why not 32, why not MLS 1 and MLS 2? Thank you. Let's just skip with this whole farce and just do two leagues. All right, but Sacramento next. I, I, I feel that they're going to be in the league either by 2020 or before 2020. And they could do it like tomorrow. They already have their own field yeah they're ready they don't have an mls ready field but they have a field already like they just need to expand their their confines i know it's a slightly different location i I follow the whole thing san diego is a timing sort of opportunity with the charger situation in flux there there may be some land available there may be an incentive to the city of san diego to shrinking an existing stadium to appropriate sizes and there isn't a team serving that market right now one could argue la does but it doesn't really uh, not it's, really it's two hours driving on, on a good traffic situation it's not that close you also don't want to lose this market and some argue that you already have to club tijuana which is not far from san diego at all mm-hmm. uh, and they do have a presence in san diego i was in san diego last week but it's not huge it's not a huge presence it's not like they own the town and it'll always be a foreign team so you have the advantage that you could have a san diego team uh detroit does have a lower league team i believe it's npsl team detroit city fc mm-hmm. so it's pretty far decently down. attended by the way for decently for, attended yeah. decently attended decently supported yeah uh detroit doesn't have a clear stadium site right now from as far as I can tell. I'm sure someone who listens to this from Detroit or knows more about the situation will correct me. Um, I would add Detroit to Minnesota, places where I feel bad for the both the fans and the players who are going to have to play outside in March. Right. It's going to be rough. Or for that matter, April. Uh, yeah. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Uh, St. Louis, another timing situation. Now's the time. Yeah, if, if you're going to do it, you have to do it now if you're, if you're some of these teams. They're probably going to tear down, uh, what is it, the Raymond Jones Dome or whatever the mm-hmm. heck it is. That, that's in. They might have to tear that down. There is this thought about being even in a better location on the riverfront there, which is where they were proposing to build the new St. Louis Rams stadium. You could have an MLS stadium there. It would be fantastic. It would have a view that rivals uh, what used to be PPL Park, but it's now uh, Talon Energy Stadium in Philadelphia. You can have a great view there mm-hmm. uh, of of the river. And St. Louis has shown it, it'll support a team. It's always been a question of ownership, and I don't know who that is. San Antonio, similar to Sacramento, to me, is a turnkey-ready situation. I think so, too. They already have a team. Uh, they used to play in an ASL, then that team technically folded, and there's a new team now in USL. But they already have a team. They already have a stadium. A stadium that's designed to be expanded. Yeah, it's it's ready to be expanded. <laughs> It currently is 8,000, but it's very easily expanded with plans up to 18,000. And they own the land around it. Yep. So it's not like you have to do some deal with the town. Like, you've already got that taken care of. And, Alex, 
they're owned by the San Antonio Spurs. So they have the money. They got the money. That's not going to be a problem. Uh, and Texas can support – you could probably put 40 teams in Texas. The, the size of Texas is ridiculous. Austin, Texas, though, surprises me, and it's not because of the size of Texas. It's because people have tried uh, – the team, the Austin Aztecs, has been tried twice now in Austin, Texas, and it never seems to work out there. Yeah, it doesn't – everything seems to be so right with Austin. It really does. It's a young town. It's yeah. got a hip community. Um, they, they love the University of Texas football, uh, but it seems like the type of place, a uh, large Hispanic community. Seems do you just like the get the sense that it's just a matter of like someone needs to do it correctly? Does that, like, does that make sense? Like, it feels that way, but what makes me sort of hem and haw about it is Orlando City was the Austin uh, Aztecs, that ownership group. They did a great job in Orlando. Yeah, they did. How I come mean, they- what else is there to do in Orlando? But uh, yeah, support the magic. <laughs> um, but uh, how could you not get Austin, where there are no pro teams? I don't know. Zero pro teams. Maybe I. But it's on his list. It's on yeah. his list. And of course, FC Cincinnati, who's already getting people going out there. So, who are your four teams? I'm taking. Sacramento. In terms right. of who I want? Or who you think are going to be the Got four. It. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't about want. This is who you think are like, they're going to do it. Sacramento and San Antonio, to me, are, those are done as far as I'm concerned. All right, so those are in. I'm going to finally get one to St. Louis. And you know what? I'm going to give the last one FC Cincinnati. I'm very impressed already. You little, that was literally the four teams that I want to pick. Nice. I'm glad I went first. Uh, I think I think right now the, it, it, I agree with you that the first two are sort of locks. I think right now the the dream and the idea of finally getting a team in St. Louis, sort of this this American soccer mecca as it's positioned by so many people in the American soccer landscape. Um, finally getting a team is almost too good to pass up. If there's if there's ownership there, then it's there. Um, and as a dark horse, I love the concept of a team in Cincinnati. I think, can you imagine those games against Columbus? I just, I mean, I just salivate at the, at the thought of, of those matches. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a, we said it before, that's a, that's a sports crazy state. It really is. And those cities in Ohio, of which there seem to be an infinite number of cities, hate each other. So you don't have to force that rivalry. Nope, it's built in. But once Columbus, and Cincinnati have a team? I, I mean, the league has to give Cleveland a team at that point. I mean, come on. Just for spite? <laughs> Just give everybody a team. Yeah, everyone should have a team. Everybody get a team. Um, that's, that's my pick. Uh, the reason I, I, I don't quite see the San Diego deal getting figured out because the whole Chargers thing is still very weird there. And if the Chargers end up convincing the city of San Diego to pay in some fashion – for a new stadium, you're gonna be. It's gonna be a bit tougher to get yet a second stadium built, basically around the same time. Yeah, uh, that that's gonna that's gonna be hard to do. There's only so many public dollars I think they can go around in that situation. Yeah, I mean, San Diego is a decent sized city. It's a little over a million, but they're not gonna have infinite, uh, infinite, infinite patience for that. Detroit, you know, it, it, there might be something I don't understand about the Detroit bid. I still have the stadium question there. Austin, Texas, I'm just worried about. Yeah, I just I, I 
I think any sort of feasibility <laughs> study there would come back as a uh, <laughs> yeah, just like I'm why hasn't so sure? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have the same worries there that I continue to have about Miami. Like there was a team in Miami and it folded, and building this new team in Miami has proven to be very, very difficult. I, I, I don't know. And, and going to Austin where like teams have not really succeeded there. Tough sell. Mm-hmm. It's a tough sell. Let's go around the league, Jeff. We got some Ugh, good games if, this weekend. If I have to. Uh, Montreal at home on Saturday against Toronto FC. Canada battle. 4 p.m. TSN 4. Uh, that's also the opening of Stad Saputo this year. Yeah, baby. It's an outdoor game. We should go up and, and go to a game at Stad Saputo. That'd be cool. We should do that. We should do a Canadian tour. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> We're big in Canada. The, We're huge all in Canada. The Canadian teams. Yeah. We should go to an Ottawa Fury game. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Montreal, Toronto. Ooh, Montreal two, Toronto two. High scoring. No one's happy. Montreal Thank two, you. Toronto FC one. Can't stop the stod. I just said that. Philadelphia at home against New York City FC, also at 4 p.m. That was on 6ABC, and yes. <sighs> Philadelphia is going to win this game at Talent Energy Stadium because I think Philadelphia is better than a lot of people have them rated. And also, I want to continue what I hope I can do for the most, if not all of the season, to point out that New York City FC, points-wise, is not doing any better than they were a year ago. Philadelphia 2, New York City FC nil. I want to say Philly 2, NYCFC 1. I you think, took it in NYC. I think, we'll snatch a, I think we'll snatch a goal there, but I think Philadelphia's playing too well. And I think eventually what's going to... NYCFC has to bottom out before they can sort of go back up, and I haven't found the bottom yet, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Basically. Wow. Uh, DC United Didn't at home. did they say that last year? Yeah, probably. DC United at home against New England Revolution. Traditional Eastern Conference rivalry here in this one, Jeff. CSN, New England, and ABC7 for the TV. Oh, is that what that's for? Yeah. I am going to take... I'm going to take a New England away win. Really? Yeah. Mostly to be bold. DC United nil, New England won. This is not a conditional pick, but I think if 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 you get production out of Bunbury and Lee Wynn that you got this past game, then I agree with you. But I think that you might see DC play a little bit better, more like the, the 4-0 they, they hung up the week prior. So I, I'm going to say 1-1. I think it's going to be a no-one-happy uh, you know, in front of the dozens of raccoons at RFK Stadium. Columbus Crew at home against the Houston Dynamo, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 10.30, uh, excuse me, 4.30 Pacific. Um, Jeff, this is, this is interesting to me because... I think until this past week, Columbus had underperformed, as as did a lot of people. Is it a question now of, of the Houston Dynamo overperforming? Are we finally seeing what the Houston Dynamo actually are, or or what? Like, where where do you hold the Houston Dynamo in this grand perspective of things? I think both of these are underperforming teams. I think the Houston Dynamo is capable of greatness. Uh, they've already shown they're capable of offense. It's a defense is the issue. And Columbus Crew having their first win in, at match day six. Come on. You're better than that. But this is at home in Columbus. They were at home in their last win. And they're going to win this one. I don't think Houston's going to have it together for this. And I think Columbus finally has the confidence they were looking for. Columbus 2 Houston Dynamo won. If NYCFC, if NYCFC 
can look that threatening against Columbus. I think Houston can look more threatening. I'm going to take a way win for Houston Dynamo. 2-1. Wow. Yeah, baby. Colorado wow. at home against Seattle Sounders, 9 p.m. Eastern time. This one is tougher for oh, me. Oh, dude, me too. So I, I know we, we, we talked about the previous one, but Colorado's performing very well, and Seattle isn't – they've looked better, but they, they aren't doing what they should be doing. Uh, Jermaine Jones clearly is already making a difference just by being there. I'm going to go with a Colorado win. I'm going to take a Colorado 2-1 win. You're a crazy it's person. At home, they look so much better uh, now that I've finally given them credit. They're going to lose. Yep. I can tell. Now. Yep. Seattle, Dos, Colorado, Uno. I think they're figuring out how to get Clint Dempsey touches, and all of a sudden they look like a completely different team. LA Galaxy at home against RSL, 10.30 Eastern. That's 7.30 p.m. Eastern if you're going to be headed to the StubHub Center out there in sunny you, California. Did, did, wait, did you say Eastern both times? No, Pacific. I did say Eastern. But I meant, I meant, I meant Pacific. 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern. That's how time works. LA Galaxy at home against RSL. L.A. This is an L.A. win. It's at the StubHub Center where they've only lost three games. Like in two L.A. Years. Galaxy won. Real Salt Lake won. No one's happy. <laughs> Everyone's sad. Vancouver at home against no, FC. No, hold on. L.A. Galaxy 3, uh, RSL 1. All right, go Vancouver ahead. at home against FC Dallas, also 10.30 p.m. Eastern time out there in the Western uh, Conference, 7.30 Pacific. I got it right that time. Did you used to give up? Because that's where they are. I know, but you've done it multiple times. What if I say 1030 and there's some Houston, Houston, Vancouver Whitecaps fan who's like, oh, the game's at 1030. I'm not going to go until the And then they they don't get there in time. There is a ginger who (laughs) does listen to this podcast, but doesn't check any of the listings elsewhere. Like, this is their only source. I feel terrible. What I'm saying is, if they think this is a good podcast, then already they're making some dubious choices. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we need those people. We to do. Get us we do. Tramp 100K. Uh-huh. Uh, San Jose at home on Sunday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Wait, against... wait, wait, wait. You didn't, you didn't make oh, any... Oh, Vancouver won SC Dallas 2. Uh, uh, I'm going to take... Just to make it interesting, I'm going to take Vancouver 2, FC Dallas 1. What has Vancouver proven to make you think that's going to happen? Anyway, San Jose at home against Sporting Kansas City, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. ESPN. Not two, ESPN. Ooh, the real deal. (sighs) 1-1 draw. This, yeah, I think this game has draw written all over it. I, I really do. Uh, I'm going to go with you as well, 1-1 draw. And then in the nightcap, FS1, <laughs> 7.30 p.m., New York Red Bulls at home against Orlando City. Uh, that's on Fox Sports 1. You know, if this was the New York Red Bulls of last year, I'm like, oh, this is a win. I don't see how this could be anything but an Orlando City win. They're playing too well right now. What's going on in New York? I don't know. They they need to get they need to settle the heck down is what they need to do. And I'm predicting this is the game they will. Really? New York Red Bulls to Orlando You're City. A crazy one. person. I'm gonna flip that score line. One uh for Red Bulls, dose for Orlando City. I think I think you're gonna quickly find out that the Julio Baptista train is running running riot all over your 
candy, candy, but I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, ways that you can get in touch with us gingers. Ooh, how? At Straight Red Pod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. At Jeff is Famous on Twitter. That's Jeff. At uh, Alex is Caleb on Twitter. That's me. Straight Red at iCloud.com. Straight Red Podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And Straight Red on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Before we go to Quiet Time with Jeff, oh. I want to briefly mention one thing. Uh oh. Um, is this going to be the thing I was going to do in Quiet Time? Oh. Just no, kidding. Ahead, it's time for quiet time with Jeff. No, no, wait. What's your what's No, thing? it's time for... If you don't say it, then I'm going to say it. It's time for uh, quiet time with Jeff. Jeff, we have for the dinners out there tonight. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> As you may have heard, uh, backheel.com and the lovely gentleman, Trevor Hayward, uh, are, well, he'll still be around, but backheel.com yeah, will still- no longer be around. I phrased that so poorly. It almost made it sound like he was dying. No, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, backheel.com will no longer be around and that means straight red will be somewhere else we're gonna have a new home we're gonna have a new home it's not gonna vanish uh because we have an addiction and it's it's terrible we should really see a professional mm-hmm. now it's next destination we're working on it that hasn't been sorted out as of yet but there will be a new location there will be a new place to go whether you need to resubscribe or not We'll settle that as well. In fact, that's your problem. We're going to have more information for you guys next week, so please stay tuned at the end of the show next week, and we'll make sure to give you guys information on what to expect for the upcoming changes. Um, this garbage show is continuing See, right down. See, this is down. why you're not allowed it's to It's going these right things. down the highway. We're continuing. A garbage Hashtag show? Hashtag when, when war you... on Jeff. What? <laughs> Blasphemy! Gingers, go forth in soccer. I will not stand for this insolence. (laughs) Insolence. Oh, what a word. You don't hear that word enough. Oh, you're going to hear it a lot. (laughs) 